Welcome to our first episode of Tune In with Spark, a weekly podcast show hosted by Omar Tahiri, founder of Spark Class, where we bring you on a journey with CEOs of listed companies through the highs and the lows. For you to have a first-hand perspective on the inner workings of the featured company. Before we begin, do note that our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. Under no circumstances does the information presented in this podcast represent a buy, sell, or hold recommendation on any security. In recent news, Reserve Bank of Australia bought an additional three billion Australian dollars in government bond to bring it up to a total of eighteen billion dollars worth of government securities in their quantitative easing program. Additionally, at the time of recording, companies listed on the ASX continue their gains. Rallying on the back of the two trillion dollar stimulus bill being passed by the U.S. Senate. If you are interested in the oil and gas sector, you are in luck. Today we have David Prentice, managing director of Brookside Energy. Brookside Energy is listed on the ASX with the ticker BRK. Welcome, David. David,、um, thanks again for joining us today, and perhaps you can just share with the viewers, firstly. Who Brookside Energy is and and what you do? Yeah, thanks very much, Omar. It's nice to join you on this、uh, on this uh, podcast. Um, obviously, uh, interesting times we find ourselves in the uh, the uh, uh, the I guess the macro environment is, seems to be dominating、uh, front and mind for everybody at the moment, and uh, certainly uh, front of mind for us at the moment. But、um, in terms of、uh, A little bit about Brookside Energy Limited. Obviously, we're we're listed on the ASX,、um, and we're fundamentally a, a, an oil and gas、uh, exploration and production、uh, company focused on、uh, assets in、uh, the Anadarko Basin in Oklahoma.、Um, but we're really focused on, I guess, what we would call the real estate development part of the of the oil and gas business. So that really revolves around、um, the acquisition. Uh, upgrading and then revaluation of uh, of uh, oil and gas properties、uh, in in the in the Anadarko Basin. So, really focusing on that sort of acquiring undeveloped acreage,、um, doing some work to to upgrade that acreage,、uh, which obviously results in that in that land being revalued. And then we look at、uh, a range of、uh, ways that we can monetize that.、Uh, That that that、uh, revaluation, and then take some of that capital、uh, to reinvest,、um, and and hopefully scale up our uh, our uh, scale up our business. And and I guess well, what made you look at the Anadarko Basin, and perhaps for some of our listeners who are not so familiar、uh, with the region, perhaps you can just、uh, set the landscape of what made you look at this specific area in、uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, so back in 2016, when we、um, when we first started uh, taking uh, uh, you know taking our first leases in the Anadarko Basin,、um, you know we really we really wanted to be uh, uh, you know I guess a a, a a geology and reservoir engineering first type business. So we really wanted to look at where we felt like the、um, you know the the reservoir quality was there,、um, uh, access to、um, you know good access to. To infrastructure, good access to service companies, and in particular, you know, a good、um, regulatory environment, so that、uh, so that you know we didn't have any impediments to our business model. So they're really all of the the things that you need、um, to to be able to successfully execute this business model. Is obviously you need the right you need to 
you need to be in an area where you know there is a long history of, uh, of successful oil and gas production. Um, you need to have the right quality in the in the rock to and the right reservoir characteristics to to drive that sort of productivity. And then ultimately, you need to have a, a good uh, regulatory environment um, uh, and good access to to highly skilled services that to enable you to to execute that revaluation part of the business model. So we're really attracted to the Anadarko Basin uh, because it ticked all of those boxes. Um, and obviously, our our, uh, our partner um, and uh, manager of US operations, the, the guys at Black Mesa, are all based in Oklahoma and have, uh, you know, a lot of you know many, several decades of experience working in the Anadarko Basin. So all of those things combined to give us a real um, competitive advantage, uh, if you like, in that in that uh, jurisdiction. And and I guess um, with you guys, how correlated are, are you to the oil prices out there? I mean, I was looking at. Um, I guess uh, the the price today of I guess uh, the crude future contract. I mean, it's twenty two dollars. Um, and how how much does that affect you guys really? I mean, the the price of oil um, is that something that uh, I guess you look at? Do you see an opportunity during this sort of uh, low oil uh, price environment? Yeah, you know, I think if you put it in the context of sort of that real estate development approach, you know, one of the, one of the, the unique parts of our business is that we can we can um, uh, we can take a longer a longer term view in terms of you know commodity prices, and sometimes you know if if you think about. Uh, where uh, you know where other other uh, people who have uh, executed this business model, where 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 sort of uh, you know a lot of uh, high returns have been generated for shareholders and investors, it's been in that in that sort of concept of acquiring this land when the oil price is at sort of historic lows, and then ultimately being able to um, do that work to revalue it and then sell it into a much stronger into a much stronger market. So look, you know, I guess none of us, uh, you know, pr- probably no one listening to this podcast would have expected that we'd be sitting here today with a WT, WTI contract at $22. But, um, you know, th- th- there are opportunities that emerge out of that and uh, and we do, you know, that the, uh, the our business model is not, not as uh, exposed to the spot price as perhaps someone who's running a more uh, traditional EP business that's, that's reliant on, uh, on you know, cash flow from operations and, uh, uh, you know, need that cash flow to service uh, service debt or, or, or whatever. So, so, you know, the business model does does give us that flexibility to be able to take, op- take advantage of opportunities in these sort of uh, low parts of the cycle. Okay, and I guess during um, this type of, uh, I guess, disaster period, how how are you guys managing your operations? I guess uh, you being based in uh, Perth, but um, I guess you have some of your team in the US itself. I mean, how how are you guys managing? Has has the business come to a bit of a standstill? I mean, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit as a as a business owner, how how things are. Yeah, no, certainly not uh, come to a standstill. We're, we're probably, uh, you know, this is probably some of the, the you know, the, the, the busiest time for us in, in a lot of ways because we're looking um, for how we can capitalise on opportunities that might come, you know, that might emerge in this in, in this period of time. You know, obviously, uh, you know, because we, 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 we really 
you know, don't, no one really has a view on on how long this kind of, uh, you know, dip in the cycle will last. You know, one of the things that we were, we were very quick to react on was to to start looking at our fixed costs and see, you know, look for ways where we could reduce our um, reduce our spend both both um, in the US and and here in Australia. So we've 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 already taken. Uh, you know, steps to uh, to to reduce our sort of fixed costs, um, and uh, you know the the production that we do have, uh, you know, has very very low um, uh, you know lease operating expenses. So we're still cash flow positive on the production, you know, on the production that we have uh, comfortably cash flow positive even at today's prices. So um, really, the 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 stuff that we've been doing, um, you know, in the last uh, in the last few weeks has really been focused on. You know, I guess uh, um, rejigging the strategy uh, to to see how we can take advantage of this uh, this current sort of um, uh, in pricing environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I mean, I, I saw obviously that you were buying uh, shares on market, which is always a very positive sign uh, for any any company out there. Um, I guess from an investor standpoint, um, at this stage, I mean, how are you guys engaging with investors? Um, are they calling you up and uh, are they showing signs of fear? I mean, how are you guys currently uh, managing the whole uh, investor engagement process during during such a period? Yeah, look, I guess we have, um, you know, we're fortunate in that we have a, a you know, top 40, top 40 odd shareholders who are very familiar with the business and have, you um, you know, have a deep understanding of what our strategy is and what, uh, you know, the opportunities and the challenges that we face. So I guess, you know, I'm in, I'm in regular communication with, uh, with, uh, with uh, shareholders, you know, in, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, questions that they might have and, and how we're responding to, you know, responding to the challenges and opportunities that this current environment presents. Um, uh, so yeah, trying to keep trying to trying to keep people uh, informed and, uh, and 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 get them comfortable that uh, that you know the, the business is in strong shape and uh, and we we see you know whilst this you know we, we might be facing uh, you know a, a period of time here with, with these lower prices that, that that there may in fact be some opportunities that come out of that. Okay, and. And I guess for for those viewers that are not so familiar the way, with the way you operate, I mean, I, I recall that you had a comparison to a real estate developer. Um, if you can just walk our, I guess, listeners through how you guys go on about your process. Yeah. So really, what we what we're looking for. Um, Omar is looking. You know, we're trying to identify areas in the Anadarko Basin. The Anadarko Basin is a is a, a proven oil and gas province. It's it's had, you know, oil and gas production from the, the formations that we're targeting for for you know a hundred odd years. So, a very well known, geologically stable, well understood area with a lot of production history. So we're looking for. Um, for areas, sweet spots, if you like, little little pearls of uh, of acreage along the Anadarko Basin margin that fit our specific um, geological and reservoir engineering uh, sort of characteristics. So we have very specific uh, requirements in terms of what we what we what we hope to see. And then once we identify those areas, we start to we start to lease uh, that land from directly from the mineral owners themselves. So we we talk to the we you know I guess process we call kitchen table leasing where we're, we're, we're sitting down negotiating leases with directly with the, the landowners who who typically are 
run a ranch or, or, or some kind of a farm in, in, in the particular area that we're focused in. And we take that, we take those leases um, and then we start the process of um, looking for uh, some sort of a partner, whether that be a, a joint venture partner or a drill co-type uh, um, uh, partner to come in and fund the cost of drilling uh, an initial well in one of these, uh, these, these pieces of acreage that we've put together. And that initial well is really the catalyst for um, revaluing the entire sort of parcel of, uh, of land. So, so that 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 uh, that first well, um, once it's successful and has some production history, it, um, creates the uh, the proven reserves um, for that for that that entire block, which then obviously gives you the uh, the ability to be able to take the the uh, an estimate of the forward cash flows and use that as a as a way to value uh, on a per acre basis and we we've successfully done that in our in our pilot study area in the stack play on a, in, on a small scale and now we're kind of scaling that up in a in a larger way in in our scoop play so um, it, you know if I could use the analogy of a of uh, you know in a pro- from a property developer or a real estate developer's point of view it's a bit like acquiring uh, you know perhaps some um, farmland on the outskirts of a, of a, of a major city uh, and then doing the work to have that land rezoned so that uh, you could build houses on it and, and it's that that dollar per acre uplift that comes from changing the uh, changing the land from being sort of farmland into being uh, you know a, a land able to be developed is where you get this kind of uh, uh, uplift in terms of the valuation. So um, hopefully that's a, a a way of explaining the, the business model for people who are not familiar. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent, David. And and I guess also for our listeners, if you could share. Why is Brookside, I guess, a better place than anyone else on the market to to be doing such transactions in, in Oklahoma? And and also perhaps if you could share some uh, comparables out there so people can do a bit of uh, work on on uh, similar companies. Yeah, so so I guess what why why we feel like we're we're uh, well placed. I mean, it really comes down to um, you know the, the the quality of our team on the ground in Oklahoma and, and their ability to be able to identify uh, these areas um, early, so before the land prices have started to increase, and then to capitalise on those opportunities quickly, and then uh, and then be ready to kind of. Uh, uh, participate in that in in the in the monetization when when the time's right. So, um, you know, you know, in terms of our Australian peers, we're probably the only ASX listed company who is who is uh, um, who is uh, executing this kind of business model. Um, uh, certainly, lots of lots of um, uh, private equity funded groups in the US that are doing that we rub shoulders with on a daily basis that are doing the same thing in, in Oklahoma as well as other states in the US um, so you know quite it, somewhat difficult for for investors to to do comps with us really um, you know on a kind of like-for-like basis because most of our peers are, are private equity um, companies who don't you know don't necessarily have a public profile um, but certainly in the in the in the particular um, play uh, that we're in the scoop play um, you know we do have uh, several of the large you know tier one independents who are um, who are actively drilling in and around the areas that, that, that we're active in and, and that process has been instrumental in um, in driving the you know the value of our our acreage uh, you know driving that up um, with the success of the of the wells that they've been drilling in and around where we are 
Okay, and and I guess the a very important I guess question from from my end, um, having roadshowed a lot of our small cap ASX companies around Asia, have you realized that um, the people behind it uh, make a big difference in the success of the company? So if you wouldn't mind sharing, I guess, a bit on your background and also the people involved in, in Brookside and, and, and their experience. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, I guess, uh, you know, m- myself as, a, as a, the managing director and CEO, I've, I've been working, you know, in the oil and gas sector, particularly onshore in, in the US for the last 15 years. Um, uh, and Michael Fry, who's our chairman, um, uh, sim- similar amount of experience, um, we were both uh, founding directors of, uh, of, of Brookside's um, predecessor company, Red Fork Energy, which, um, which you know, we, uh, we, we started in, uh, in 2005 with a, with a sort of a 10 million market cap and, and we, we were able to grow that business into a, into a, a large, you know, 300, 300 mil, mil market cap type uh, business with, uh, with quite a lot of production and cash flow. So, so you know, over that, over that journey, we've, um, we've learned a lot about the business and, uh, and that's been, in, you know, instructive in terms of, uh, you know, choosing this kind of real estate development approach uh, as opposed to a traditional EMP approach. Um, but the other benefit that's come from that sort of 15 odd years experience is obviously the deep relationships that we've been able to form with, uh, with, uh, with our team in the US and, uh, and, and particularly, you know, a, a good understanding of, uh, of the way of the landscape in terms of, you know, service companies, how the land system works in, in, uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, and uh, and those relationships, uh, particularly the relationship with Black Mesa, has been instrumental in in helping us to to uh, to build Brookside um, to where it is today. Um, you know, looking at the team in uh, in Black Mesa, you know, you you know the three top executives in that business all have you know um, several decades of experience, and that that ranges all the way from you know, reservoir engineering um, through, you know, the land and leasing part of the business to operations. So we've got the, the full suite of, of capabilities there and uh, and several decades of experience in, in each individual. So we're very, very, uh, very pleased with that and uh, and obviously um, very proud of the work they've done to, uh, to, to push Brookside along so far. Excellent. And, and and I guess on a more personal front, David, I mean, we, we do like to ask this question as well. I mean, what 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 motivates you as, a, I guess, a business owner, a managing director to do what you're doing rather than, I guess, uh, you know, be, be an employee of another company? What what made you um, run Brookside and, and what motivates you? You know, I've worked my entire my entire professional career in the natural resources business, and and uh, in you know, you know, sort of 25, 30 years of experience in the natural resources business, and as I said, the last fifteen years in the oil and gas business, and you know, the the uh, the kind of leverage and opportunities to create wealth out of this, the, particularly the the land and leasing part of the business in the in the in the oil and gas sector is is probably um, you know for me is uh, is is you know the, the performance or the, the opportunity to create value there is is for me far far in excess of what I've seen in other in other sectors. So, you know the, the op- and, and the ability to be able to scale up uh, scale up the opportunity um, as you get access to, to to larger amounts of capital was probably 
makes it unique. So all of those those things together really, um, you know, I think make it a, make it a fantastic place to uh, to create wealth. And you know, obviously, I'm trying to do that for for Brookside shareholders, but also for myself. So um, that's that's really what gets me out of bed in the mornings is uh, is the uh, fantastic opportunity I see in uh, the ability to turn you know an acre in an acre of undeveloped uh, uh, land in Oklahoma. Into into an acre of, uh, of with with, uh, with proved reserves um, that that might be worth you know uh, 10, 15, 20 times the value that we paid for it, and that's that that's the exciting part for me. That that that's awesome, David, and and and, and we'd be definitely keeping a close eye on the story and the progress, and we do hope that our, our listeners and investors in Asia. Uh, take a closer look at Brookside Energy. The ticker again is BRK, listed on the ASX. And we do hope we see you again in, in Asia very soon, uh, David, once this whole uh, virus situation has uh, calmed down. And uh, yeah, we hope that uh, you stay safe in Perth. Thanks for your time, Omar. And yes, we're, we're really uh, looking forward to getting back up to Asia as soon as we possibly can. Uh, and hopefully that's, uh, that's a matter of weeks, not, uh, not months. Definitely. And look, I mean, uh, please, uh, viewers, have a look. David is quite available as well um, in terms of uh, investor queries. So feel free to reach out to us if you'd want to have a chat with uh, Mr. David Prentice. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners again for tuning in. And please do stay safe in the markets as well as in your regular day-to-day lives. So thanks again, David, and speak to you soon. Thanks, Omar. For all our listeners out there, we hope this has been an insightful session for you. Remember to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and join us on the next episode of Tune In With Spark. Goodbye and stay safe.